Thanks for downloading the IMSA Radio Podcast. Is IMSA Radio. National Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. It's John Hindup, Jody Shaw, and Sheer Adam. One hour is on the clock, and we're about to release the three categories of race cars that make up the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, and we'll have coverage of it all right here, live and uninterrupted on IMSA Radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Let's go straight down to our Continental Tire Pit Lane reporter, who is Shea Adam, who's down at the wheel and engineering portion of Action Express for a little bit of uh, news that's broken in the last hour or so. Well, hello, Eric Curran. What's new? Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Excellent. Doing well. You happy to be back here at WeatherTech Laguna Seca? Yeah, this is a fun place. I mean, such amazing weather. It's a it's a cool racetrack, super challenging racetrack, but a, but a fun place to be. Haven't seen you for about a month. It's been since Road America. Anything new going on? Any big announcements? Uh, yeah, we've definitely got a lot of announcement going on for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's tricky because we had three weeks off since the last race, but uh, but uh, yeah, here we are this weekend. Obviously, uh, the big news uh, this weekend for Action Express and for the wheel and engineering side is. Uh, is adding Durrani to the team for next year. So he'll be teamed up with Nasser for the full season next year. And then I'll step back and I'll do all the endurance races. So I'll be the third driver for those guys for the season and obviously continue into my 12th year with Whelan Engineering. So it's been a long time. It's been a, it's been an amazing relationship with Whelan, Sonny Whelan and the, and the whole gang. So it's been a lot of fun, but uh, really, really the big focus right now is we're leading the championship by six points and uh, we need to really execute this weekend and then we need to go on to Petit Le Mans beginning of October and and we need to execute there as well. We've just, uh, we've had a great season. It's been phenomenal uh, partnering with Nasser this year and uh, we just need to come away with a championship. How hard is it mentally to go out there and destroy the competition to try and beat everybody else when the people you're trying to keep behind you most are your teammates? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest challenge really is right within the Action Express tent. I mean, our five-car guys are, are nipping on our heels, and they have been all year long, and they have been year after year. So it's going to be a challenge. Again, we just need to keep executing the best that we do on the wheel and engineering side. And, uh, you know, we've we won one race but uh, had a bunch of podiums, and the podiums are what are really keeping us in the championship. So it doesn't have to be a win, but we just got to stay in front of our five-car teammates, and uh, the 10 car is not that far back in third place. So it's a Cadillac 1-2-3, so uh, we just got to keep that championship lead for two more races. So are you going to have to spend the off-season learning Portuguese then since <laughs> it's going to be Team Portugal in one car and Team Brazil in the other? No kidding. I mean, what happened? Uh, I think <laughs> I'm the only guy that doesn't speak Portuguese on the team, so I better change that up. But, uh, no, it's all good. Obviously, uh, you know, huge talents coming into the series, and uh, – it's interesting. I'm now the old guy. I've been doing this 24 years racing cars. So, But uh, I love it, and uh be nothing better to come away with a championship after this year. Being a two-time prototype champion certainly would be nice on the resume. Good luck here at Laguna this weekend. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. 
So there's the news then. The meet the teams happened uh, about an hour or so ago, maybe a little bit more of that. We were busy broadcasting live, but obviously wanted to uh, respect the embargo before that was coming out. Bit of a problem down at turn one for the 67 Ford that's just gone out in the hands of Ryan Briscoe, just locking the wheels up, almost going off the circuit, but not quite. Uh, what do you make of that then? Uh, people Tarani going to the Whelan car and Eric Curran stepping back into the endurance driving role. Um, great news for people Tarani certainly. I, I've got to be honest and say I, I find it a little bit disappointing that an all-American all team should have an all-Portuguese uh, driver <laughs> lineup. Uh, to be perfectly honest, but. Um, Portuguese speaking, at least Brazilians and Portuguese. Uh, I think there's plenty of talented Americans out here. I don't know whether uh, they considered any of them, but you know, look, they, they, they reckon they're the most talented drivers out there, and uh, there's no no question that uh, Felipe Nasser uh, he showed his class from the moment he uh, came back to the series this season. He he done a couple of races in the past, and and, and clearly showed how good he was there. Then he went off on on to pursue his goal in Formula One. You know, made it to Formula One, uh, had some good results there. Uh, but was never with a team that was going to give him an opportunity to, to, to show his true talent. So when this opportunity came up to, to, to join the team this season, he grasped it with both hands. And, you know, he's been absolutely fantastic, hasn't he, all the way through this season. Yeah. A whole bunch of tremendous drives. And as a result of that, you know, he's leading the championship right now. Uh, so you know, great news for him. And for Pipo, well, look, you know, we've seen how good Pipo is over the last two or three years in sports cars. So... Uh, so you, you, you can't knock uh, the decision the team has made. They've gone for the best, what they think are the best drivers. They've now got you know, all sorts of all guys there that get along really, really well. They literally speak the same, same language. language. Very good. Uh, but they are they are are all hugely talented drivers, and they are going to be. They're always tough to beat at Action Express Racing. Both of their cars are wheel and engineering entry and the Mustang sampling car, and that is only going to continue for 2019 and beyond. Live from Trackside, it's the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship here at Laguna Seca. And good to have your company this afternoon, or this evening, as it's nearly 20 past 11. And after midnight in Europe, 20 past 11 in the UK. Beautiful afternoon here. Uh, this morning's times, Jeremy, just to bring everybody up who may have been out on this Friday evening, coming back uh, in in Europe right now. Fastest time this morning was set by Renga van der Zander in the number 10 Konica Minolta Cadillac DPI VR uh, at a 1 minute 16.882 and that uh, pretty much matched the track record that was set in qualifying by Jordan Taylor in that same car one year ago. So that was the car that was clearly quickest this morning. Fastest by a full t six tenths of a second over Dane Cameron in number six Aku Team Penske Acura DPI. Uh, Dane had a bit of a spin coming down the hill, I think he said in turn nine uh, earlier this morning, so that's how hard he was trying. Um, and then the, the third place car was the number 22 Tequila Petroni SM Nissan DPI of Pipo Durrani, and he was a full second behind Renga van der Zander. So uh, it was a, a, a really stellar lap right out of the box this morning by Renga van der Zander. That was a 16.8, fastest in the first few laps this afternoon is Felipe Nasser in calibre 31 and 118.2. GTLM right out of the box this afternoon. It's a complete switch around basically from this morning. We've now got the two BMWs at the front, calibre 24 with John Edwards 
and number 25, O'Connor Di Filippi, uh, uh, separated by a tenth of a second, 124.8, 124.9. Quickest time this morning in GTLM was a 123.6 by the Ford, kind of a 67 of Richard Westbrook. GT Daytona uh, this afternoon, uh, as this morning, it's Brian Sellers who leads the way, the championship leader in the Paul Miller Racing Lamborghini, kind of a 48. 126.1 he's got down to already this afternoon. Fastest time this morning was a 125.4. Look a bit warmer this afternoon than it was when the cars were out on track earlier this morning. And also there's quite a bit of dust that's being blown up, blown up onto the racetrack during the intervening session. So not quite sure we're going to see any super fast times this afternoon, but we've got 52 minutes and change to find out. Yeah, absolutely right. So it's the, two, the, the two guys who will share that number 31 car next season who, who are at the top at the moment. The car number 31, Felipe Nasser, got down to 117.7 on that last lap. Pipo Durrani in the car number 22, the Nissan, a 117.8. Certainly the fact that Durrani is leaving that uh, ESM team. Of course, we've, we, it was announced a few weeks ago that Tequila Patron was not going to be returning in 2019. <coughs> Scott, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me, Scott. Scott Sharp, though, uh, has said you know, he's working hard on trying to uh, keep that, that team together and continue and looking for additional sponsorship opportunities. Spirit of Daytona, not Visit Florida. What did I say? Spirit, you said Visit Florida. It's Spirit of Daytona now, isn't it? What, did, did I mention them? Why did I mention them? Uh, don't know. <laughs> Tequila Patron is what I meant to say. Right. Um, Sorry about that. ESM, yes, trying to keep that team together, as you rightly say, with Tequila Patron moving on uh, and but the team, I mean, the cars, they've been a work in progress this season, but when they've gone quickly, they've gone very quickly indeed. Yeah. And there's no doubt that, you know, that Scott's run a decent team down through the years, whether it was with the Ferraris or the prototypes that he's run in the... Uh, the Completely agree. Uh, it really is a, you know, certainly a front-running team, no question about that. They've uh, they've uh, had very good equipment, given the teams very very good cars, and they and they delivered. Delivering. Colin Brown has now gone to the to the top of the charts. The one seventeen point two in number fifty four Core Autosport, Orica Gibson. That car this morning, its best lap was a one eighteen. Yikes! A one eighteen point five was the fastest time this morning for number fifty four Core Machine. Now a one seventeen point two. That's a big jump. Yeah, that's a huge jump. So Colin Brown at 117.2, Ricky Taylor at 117.4 in car number seven. That's the second of the Acuras. That car was in the fifth position this morning. So Acuras were second and fifth after the first practice session. Now they are second and well tenth at the moment because uh, Juan Pablo Matoya is still getting up to speed in car number six. So Ricky Taylor then jumps up into second, ahead of Felipe Nasser and, and Pipo Durrani. Jordan Taylor jumps into fourth in number 10, Conican Minolta Cadillac. That's the car that was fastest this morning in the hands of Renga van der Zender, 116.8. Uh, Jordan Taylor's time at 
Uh, let's go to Sheer Adam. Now, this morning we did not have the 55 Mazda out there. Harry Tinknell not able to get a look in the car that he'd be racing this weekend, although he was out in one of the GT cars yesterday. Sheer Adam, what's the news? Uh, it was a turbo issue for the number 55, but in that first session we had a couple of instances of people trying to shortcut the entrance to the famous corkscrew. There have been sausage curves that were laid down on driver's left and one of them went missing because cars were digging their noses into them going through and there was actually a piece of splitter found by our safety crew. Just seeing some more evidence of that going on in this practice session is the number 77 Mazda Team Yost car had to come in, Ollie Jarvis, and they gave him a new nose. Now I didn't see any explicit damage, but when they lifted it up, you could see that there were some very definite scrapes on the left front of that car. So clearly people still exploring the outer limits of what line they can take through the corkscrew. It's not the easiest corner in the world to get your head around, especially since it looks like you're dropping down an elevator shaft. Yeah, and <laughs> it is a corner that if, if, you, if you cut that inside curb on the left-hand side, right at the crest of the hill, you can carry a lot more speed through there. So. Uh, it, it's one of the corners on this track that's uh, slightly anomalous in that uh, there isn't perhaps as firm a definition of the apex of that corner as there might be. So drivers, therefore, they're always looking to push the envelope. They'll cut as much of that corner off as they possibly can. And in doing so, they would drag dirt back across the track onto the middle of the corner as well. That's Jeremy Shaw. Shea Adam is down in the pit lane. And we'll be bringing us Continental Tire updates from there. 13 minutes having been completed. And the weather just gets better. Temperatures in the air up into and um, beyond the mid-20s Celsius. Seems like it's cloudy down on the coastline. Yes, yeah, so you're getting that, uh, that marine layer coming in again. I think it's been there all day. Uh, track temperature now showing as uh, 96 Fahrenheit. Uh, so that is uh, up into the 30s, early 30s Celsius. Uh, and uh, just around about 66. So that's come down. air temperatures come down a little bit. It was up to 74 earlier on. So. That is just under 20 degrees Celsius, isn't it? So temperatures changing towards the end of the afternoon, maybe. We are close, to, I mean, what, we're three, four miles away from the coastline here, Jeremy, as the crow flies, yeah, not much more than that, as the seagull flies. And uh, just perhaps showing the changes in the wind direction that you get on coastal areas with the temperature inversion land to sea morning to evening top 13 cars are prototypes which means there's a nice bit of symmetry there Sebastian Saavedra in 13th position in the Orica some BOP changes, balance of performance changes for the first time ever anywhere in the world for LMP2 cars. They have been given an extra 10 kilograms and had three litres of fuel removed from their fuel tanks. Uh, the 
fuel uh, allowance gone up for the Acura, Cadillac, Mazda and Nissan yeah, all by the, two. All the DPI yeah. cars with an extra two litres, yeah. And the Mazda ends up uh, 35 kilos lighter than any of the other DPIs. Yeah, they, they, they've been allowed to reduce by 10 kilos. There's been a couple of changes to that car as the season has progressed. Uh, first of all, it was they had five kilos taken away, then ten, and now ten more. In the meantime, their fuel tank size beginning up and down like a yo-yo. And before anybody asks, no, they don't put a new fuel tank in every time. They effectively put uh, packers in. Normally, sort of some things that look like table tennis balls. You work them out on a how many people you clever, need clever, people cleverer than us yes slide rules involved and things like that I'm sure yeah that problem though for the Mazda this morning number 55 car wasn't it, it had the problem that turbo issue didn't complete a lap and uh, and the other car with Oliver Jarvis aboard they, they, they were struggling as well not not getting up to speed really at all or certainly not to where they uh, hoped to be this weekend particularly with that little bit of a, a weight break coming in here to WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. That's a team that's had a lot of success here in the past. Well, the brand, I should say, has had a lot of success here in the past. Mazda Team Yost, a new entity for this season. But number 77 car ended up this morning 10th on the charts at a 119.4. And reports suggested that Oliver Jarvis was not a happy bunny and didn't cover himself with perhaps uh, as much glory as he might normally do when he got out of the car. Not very graceful apparently but uh, 1194 this morning well they, they certainly made some big strides with that car in the afternoon because well, the Jarvis has, has clipped away a full second to get down to 118.2 and Harry Tinkle in the, in the, in the sister car that uh, completed not even a single lap this morning has uh, got down to 118.0 so two Mazdas sixth and seventh in this session which is now one quarter of the way through to a little bit more than one quarter of the way through 43 minutes remaining this on the Twitterage from 48 Hollywood says any word on whether there'll be a continued North American Endurance Championship as Patron is ending their sponsorship already announced at uh, Road America we took that live Scott Atherton man at the head of IMSA sat down for a chat with me in front of a few hundred of his closest friends and broadcasting live to the world and talked about that and not only a, a renewed uh, commitment to the North American Endurance Championship which is now a Michelin sponsored championship but there'll also be a sprint championship for GT Daytona cars as well so that is the the mirror opposite if you like of the Endurance Series that's a seven race series so if you've got a GTD car You've got three choices next yes. year. You can do the full championship, you can do the North American Endurance Championship, or you can do the Sprint Championship. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good move. It seems to be so many well people received. Have, yeah, that's the, the what, uh, whatever, whatever we think, Jeremy, doesn't really matter. It's what the guys who have to do this for a business thing and the teams who have got GTD cars. I, I, there was one team who were non-committal about it, 
but I've heard nobody say anything bad against it. No. Uh, Everybody's either been, yeah, exactly what we need, or as I say, one team went, mm, I'm not sure, but that that's as you know that's as that's as negative as it's got. Yeah, I mean, you know, this this season, you know, we've had what a dozen cars, let's say, or ten or twelve, have, have done the entire championship. Uh, we've had uh, another half a dozen that are doing just the Tequila North American Endurance Championship races, and, and next season it'll give. You know, some of those teams opportunity not to do the whole thing if they so desire they can just do the sprint races and you know, it's it's another it's something it's another something else to aim for I think that's good I think I liked it when the IndyCars several years ago had a uh, had, had a an oval championship and, and a road course championship within the overall series uh, and gave out different prizes there was the AJ Cup uh, trophy for ovals and the Mario Andretti trophy for the road courses I like that and it doesn't. It seems to have kind of disappeared off the radar screen the last few years, which I think is a shame. Actually, I quite like it. I think this is a similar concept, and, and I think it's, it has been already well received by the teams. So I think we'll be we'll continue to do so. Um, there's, there's we a change. Would, what was that? J- Jordan Taylor, number ten car up into second place now, point zero zero two behind Colin Brown. Earlier on, we were talking about that uh, fuel change, uh, fuel tank change. Uh, three litres on the LMP2 cars. Uh, right turn lover among a number of people, and I've done a bit of research as well to sort this out. Um, RTL, thank you for this. Um, three litres are is 2.2 kilograms of regular uh, gasoline. Uh, that's the density, uh, 0.75. So three litres would be 2.25 kilos. Uh, I did say water. Um, I knew water was one kilo um, per litre. Keep the questions coming in at IMSA Radio. Middle of the afternoon here. 25 minutes before 4 o'clock. Been a beautiful day up here. WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Sega. Bit foggy down on the coast and coming up this morning. Yeah, it was funny, wasn't it? it really Chilly did just burst there. through the cloud as we were getting checked in, basically. Literally as we drove in through the uh, the checkpoint there at the top of the hill. Remarkable. I thought when we were driving up the hill, I thought, well... Oh, ah, well, yeah, we're going to have a late start. Yeah. That was exactly what yeah. I thought. And literally, you come over the crest of the rise there and uh, the sun is, is beating down. Incredible. Actually, I saw as we... There's the um, there's a sign at the kind of top of the hill at the left before you get to the uh, checkpoint there, and um, I could see there that the, the sun was just, we could see it was just burn, beginning to, to shine through just a little bit th- through the cloud. I thought, well, that's that's positive, uh, and uh, sure enough, 100 yards later, we can see nothing but s- nice. And it's been sunshine. like that all day. Yes, hey, glorious. Yeah. Not too hot. That's a little bit of a breeze, glorious. Great time of year to come here. Yeah. I really think it is. Uh, again, yeah, it's tempting a little bit because it can be pretty chilly, as, as it was down on the coastline this morning when we uh, got into the cars, wasn't it? I mean, it's only what oh, six, yeah. seven miles from here, and it was it was definitely jacket weather down there. Yeah, it was all of fourteen degrees Celsius down there. So yeah, really chilly. Fortunately, we were all rugged up. It was fast. <laughs> Jeremy, you've been out of the UK for too long, man. I tell uh, you. Celsius, I have no idea. No idea. Uh. 
I do think I do think it's it's funny um, that uh, the Californian resident and the Florida resident what they think is chilly out here. Now I did have a light jacket on this morning. In fairness, I did. Yeah, but that was because it was actually raining when I came out to the car. It was, yeah, it was sort of rainy. a sea fret, yes, it was, wasn't yeah, it? That's exactly what it was, yes. But I regretted that as soon as I got in the car because it, uh, it was already too... I was already getting a bit... Good times this afternoon in, in GT Daytona. The Acuras this morning... The Acuras this morning, they were right down, down the bottom of the charts, I think, weren't they? Yeah, in the 10th and... 13th positions for the two mile shank racer with Kerb Lager Journey cars. Number 86 car was 10th. That was Catherine Leggett at 126.7. Justin Marks, number 93 car, 127.3, 10th and 13th. Well, this afternoon, Alvaro Parent in the car number 86, Acura, has gone to the top at a 125.2. Wow. Uh, it was Brian Sellers who'd set the pace earlier this session and this morning at a 125.4. So now. Uh, we've got uh, well, just a one car, just parent underneath that. In second place now is number 33 Mercedes. Ben Keating is driving that car currently. And Andy Lally is up to third place in the Magnus Racing Audi. And it's a BMW, Turner Sport BM BMW of Bill Arbelin. Back in the colours of Liquid Molly this weekend. Took white, blue and red. Behind him is now the Lamborghini car number 48, followed by the best of the Lexus team that's Dominic Bauman in car number 14 in sixth position and then the Ferrari of Townsend Bell good to see that car back here this weekend that's another car that was primarily doing the North American Endurance Championship to get a Patron series races long distance events Daytona Sebring Watkins Glen and Petit Le Mans to finish off the season but Townsend's based just uh, a few hours down the road at uh, San Luis Obispo so this is a, a home race for him and Frankie Montecalvo joining him this weekend in that number uh, 64 Scuderia Corsa Ferrari. Uh, and you mentioned that 86 accurate. Still in with a shout of the championship for Catherine Legg, of course. And it's uh, Benvindo de Volta for Alvaro Perez. Welcome back. Another one of the Portuguese-speaking drivers. to have him back in the championship. Coming down to halfway through this session, live on IMSA Radio, the 54 touring back down to the bottom of the hill, but not going into the pit lane. This is the core autosport, white and tangerine prototype coming through the final corner and onto the front straight maybe just looking for a little bit of a gap seemed to pick up speed reasonably well now into the braking area on the far side of the Laguna Seca itself the dry lake bed yeah, this is his first flying lap so just maybe bringing the tyres up the temperature slowly comes through turn four that's nicely done right in front of us and that's the sound of the Gibson engine that car a little bit out of its spot, oh, no it's not it's top of the time isn't it, it's 54 it is Colin Brown at the wheel of that car 
Um, by the way, 0 0.002 of a second between the core Autosport Orica and the first of the DPIs, the Cadillac of Jordan Taylor. 0 0.002 back, and then Ricky Taylor is uh, a tenth and a third further back. His brother now, of course, working with the Acura Team Penske organisation. do love the noise of the cars they go past us here Jeremy and then lift off and down through the gearbox into turn five really hear the popping and banging excellent stuff busy weekend on the Radio Show Limited network of channels appreciate that it's late at night over in Europe and uh, a reminder that well before we get on the air tomorrow that the team at Barcelona will be bringing you full coverage of the uh, Barcelona 24 hours. They are taking a break in the uh, overnights. It's uh, it's not the full 24. There'll be some onboard pictures and some timing screens there. But the TV guys are taking a break, so our guys will as well. But uh, about two thirds of that race will be live in sound and vision over on RS1 and via the video player on the front page of RadioLeMond.com and just about the time that they're finishing we'll be on the air here that works rather well for our day of action which includes qualifying in sound and vision for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and also of course the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge Race as well. Let's go down to our Continental Tire Pit Lane reporter, Shea Adam. We've been making sure that we get the full story from those in the best position in the championship in all of our classes and championships this year. And Brian Sellers is the man whose name, along with Madison Snow and Paul Miller Racing and Lamborghini, sits on the top of the GT Daytona sheets at the moment as we move into the last two rounds of the championship. Well, the bright side, Brian, is that only one car has beaten the time that you guys set in this morning's first practice session. The downside is it's your teammates uh, over in the 86. And I say teammates because you're going to be sharing a car with Al here a little bit later on in the season and then sharing an electric team car with Catherine. So uh, it's got to be a little bit bittersweet for that. Uh, well, I mean, uh, the biggest thing is, you know, them in the 33 or the two were chasing with the championship and um we were pretty good this morning. Uh, I think the conditions were a little bit better this morning, but if they can keep if they can keep pace with the numbers those two cars are doing right now, then I'm pretty fearful with it. You know, we don't have a lot for them. Um, not really sure where the lap time's going to come from right now. I mean, I think we're balanced pretty reasonably. I think our tire degradation is reasonable, um, but it's not not as good as that. So. Uh, we're gonna have to take a look and, and figure out where to go. I mean, it's um, yeah, that's a little disheartening, but still a long weekend left, so we'll see. Madison put the car on pole last year, though, here at Laguna Seca. Is there anything that you guys can use from the data last year when the car was clearly working well to apply it to the car this year? Yeah, I mean, certainly you always go back and take a look at where you were in previous years and try and see if maybe you overlook something if something, you know, uh, 
was outlying that you didn't catch this time. But, I mean, the reality is, is I think it's, it's just such a different year this year. We generally everywhere go Laguna Seca aside for the moment. We tend to go nearly a second faster than everywhere else we've been. So last year ends up being somewhat irrelevant. Um, and I think the BOPs changed so much that what you're actually chasing in terms of lap time is also irrelevant. So um, we'll just keep trying to work with what we have. You know, now we'll focus on uh, a little bit more race quality setup and, and uh, hope we find something. What do you guys need for the race at this point? Cautions or long green runs? I don't know yet. This morning I would have said cautions. Um, I mean, sorry, this morning it was some long runs, but looking after what I'm seeing right now, I'm not, I'm not sure that it matters, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I think everyone will be in the same position. Um, you know, tire degradation is its no secret. It's high here. It's an issue. Um, it's something everybody has to manage. So certain, certainly cautions um, can help with that, but it's also a place that creates a lot of pickup. Um, so that's, you know, difficult to deal with. So you, you like to not have to be put in that situation. So, I mean, I think in the end, we all want it to go green. We want to race and see where we end up. The good news is it's practice two and you guys are actually running. So that's an improvement from the last race. Good luck this weekend. Don't get too down on yourself yet. It's not over. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oddly downbeat. Yes, I thought that too. Very unusual. Very, Very unusual strange, and particularly. I saw him at lunchtime, and he was in great form. Well, and what's odd about that is, that, I mean, no one's anywhere near the, the times that I think we're going to be seeing later on this weekend. He was quickest this morning. That was really strange. Uh, not, don't quite get where he's going with that. You've I mean, got to be careful, haven't you? That you know, you're looking at your time, and I mean, Madison's out there at the moment, and what time? Did he do? And he is dropping back just a little bit, in fairness. That, but he's done a 26-1. And what did they do this morning, Jeremy? It's what you've got to be careful. 25-4. Right. So they're half a second, six tenths off. Seven tenths off. Yeah, three yeah. quarters of a second off. Now the, you've got to be careful that you, you don't start chasing things at this time of the week when the track is changing. You don't know what tyres everybody else is putting on. You don't know what fuel load everybody else is putting on. And, you know, that was that was a good time this morning. But as you say, oddly uh, downbeat from Brian. We'll get another chat with them later in the piece and see later in the weekend. Down to a 25-1 by York Bergmeister for the returning Park Place Porsche team. Bergmeister and Magnussen are in different classes, which means that any shenanigans won't be for class position. They have previous for that here. Look it up. Then it's Alvaro Parent with a 25-2. 25-5 for Jerome Blakemolen and Ben Keating. That's Porsche Acura, Mercedes, Audi with John Potter and Andy Lally in fourth, as I think they were this morning. They're on a 25-7. 25-8 is Osnegri in the Ferrari. And then, so that's the top five cars the same. Lawson Aschenbach showing well 
Although now in the pits in the 93 Acura. Justin Marks will be taking that car out in a moment or two's time. Then Robbie Foley in the BMW number 96. Renga van der Zander getting into the glossy black number 10 Cadillac. Jordan Taylor brought that one in. Jordan already has two of the fastest sectors, first and second sectors, to his name. But it's still the Colin Brown time by two one hundredths of a second, two one thousandths of a second, excuse me, two milliseconds. Are you not much? Three fifths of absolutely nothing at all, Jeremy, to be honest, <laughs> yes. Confirmed, by the way, from uh, none other than Carol Brink. Hello, Carol. I know that you're tuned in. Has been up here today. Couldn't believe how sunny it was. Still cool and foggy. Can't see across the bay down at Monterey at the moment. So thank goodness Jeremy bought 14 layers of uh, clothing. For the, for the yeah, it worked. It worked. Yeah. Shea Adam is a good little tire pit lane reporter. Shea, is it me? Are these cars just louder this year? They sound much louder this afternoon than they did this morning, John, on the pit lane. Uh, I had to turn my volume up quite a bit on the radio. But uh, no, they, they definitely do have more of a high-pitched whine. And it's not just the Porsches making that noise. I think the Acuras are contributing as well to the level of noise elevation. And uh, that noise that you just heard in the background, that beautiful music, was the sound of a Cadillac 5.5-liter normally aspirated engine. And Ranker Van de Zanda is going out on track. So if you are trackside, take a step back. Shuffle back. Yeah. Just shuffle back a little bit. Thank you, Shea. Shea Adam enjoying the afternoon sunshine. Uh, here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Sega. Yeah, the uh, Mazda of Jonathan Bomarito also moving up last time around. I won 17.7 now for the number 55 car, up into sixth position and within a half of a second now of Colin Brown's fastest time. So I think maybe, I don't know whether they're simulations that they've done beforehand didn't really work, kind of work when they got here this morning. They certainly struggled with, with the only car that was out there because the other one had that turbo issue and, and had to go back to the garage here and didn't, didn't turn the lap at all this morning. But uh, clearly the cars are a good bit happy this afternoon, significantly faster. Colin Brown is the man who has the fastest third sector. He's now in the pits in that 54 core Autosport Orica Gibson, one of the global P2 cars which will be racing in their own championship here next year. Racing for the overall victory. That has already had an effect on one or two of the European teams who were planning to come to the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona. Number 10 coming down to the final corner. This is a qualifying simulation, I reckon, from Renga van der Zander. He slowed down as much as he could into the final corner to give himself as much room on the front straight. Then he speeds up across the start-finish line. Now he's got, well, a decent gap ahead of him as he comes into the Andretti hairpin. That was neat and tidy by the Dutchman. Through into turn three, that tricky right-hander, very easy to run out wide underneath the Continental Tire Bridge. Now into turn four. I just have to lean forward a little bit there. Can't take the apex on the inside. That all runs right to the very edge of the non-painted curbing. And I think maybe just dropped the left hand 
Continental's over by an inch or so. The Apex on turn four, you can't hit it. The curb is just a little bit too aggressive there. So Van der Zander with a 29.7 in the first sector. Bad first sector, but it's not going to be quick enough. So let's keep an eye on the other sections of the track as he goes around. In GT Le Mans, 66 from 67, the two Fords back at the top again as they were in the early session this morning from the two Corvettes as they were in the early session this morning. Well, actually, we had a, a Porsche in third place, didn't we? The 912, Lawrence Vanto and Earl Bamba. So it's 66, 67, three and four, all good so far. Uh, John Edwards, however, is an interloper as the BMWs and the Porsches split the second half of the GT Le Mans field. Although the good news is it's 24, 9-11, 25, 9-12. It's kind of okay in terms of the number progression. She'll be happy with that. John Bennett out in the core 54 car that still holds the top time. Great to hear those Porsches just blazing past us. In GTD, it's still the York Bergmeister time, although Patrick Lindsay is in the 73 dark grey and dark red park place Porsche 125-1 from Alvaro Parent, who did put the time in in the 86 Acura in second. Ben Keating with Jerome Blakemoland's time, putting him in third at the moment at 125.5. And then it's the Ferrari 51. In fact, Ben Keating's just into the pit lane. So that's the spirit of race Ferrari, isn't it? The 51 car, yes it is. With Francesco um, Panavetti. Panavetti, Pan yes. Three, three Ferraris in this week. It's great, it's isn't it? See. Yes, it certainly is. And when one of, aboard one of them, of course, Cooper McNeil. Only Weather driver in the field who'd have a birthday this week. No, no not this week. No, no, no. Uh, There's a birthday earlier this week for... So I've set Jeremy off now. Did Cooper win the uh, Ferrari Challenge, by the way? He was Jesse, Jesse Crone. Oh, well had, done. Had a birthday on, uh, on the third, so just four days ago, earlier this week. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Cooper McNeil was uh, leading handsomely in the Ferrari Challenge, wasn't he? And uh, I'm sure if they've quite finished yet. Robbie Forley goes out in the 96 Turner BMW. No doubting what that is rumbling past us. Yes, that was a Corvette. That was Jan Magnussen on his outlap. Tommy Milner is in the forecar at the moment. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch, we're on scanner frequency 454 around the raceway here. If you can't be here on... Sunday are you out and about well you can stream us obviously via the IMSA app which you've all downloaded haven't you 
or you can listen to the race flag to flag with no interruptions on Sirius 138 XM202. Just check SiriusXM.com. There is a WeatherTech Sports Car Championship listing on there in sports. Sometimes they do just make last minute changes, but those are the two channels that we've been on for the majority of the season. And of course, if you're outside the US, you'll be able to watch the whole race live via the IMSA app or via the player at RadioLamont.com here in the US. It's Brian Till heading up the team over in Charlotte as they'll take you through on FS1 at the weekend. No excuse to miss all of the action then this weekend in sound or sound and vision combined. Sixteen and a half minutes still to run. Got to say, Jeremy, Colin Brown is an extraordinary peddler, isn't he? He's a decent little steerer. Mm, very much so. And uh, didn't see him last weekend at Portland. I don't know whether he was there, but uh, he was certainly at Gateway the previous weekend. I bumped into him, and he's, he's certainly sniffing around the... IndyCar paddock looking for any potential opportunities. He certainly hasn't. Uh, you know, he's got. A, he's, he's spent virtually all of his career in in uh, prototype cars or GT cars or you know, sports cars, but uh, he certainly has aspirations to compete at the highest level of wheel racing as well. Jeremy, his time is a second and a half quicker than the next best of the. W uh, of the global cars, the global P2 cars. Yeah, it's interesting, though, isn't it? That, I mean, that's extraordinary. And, and also interesting how close the whole field is this afternoon. This morning they were quite spread out, but this afternoon, not the case at all. Shit, Adam is looking at damage on a Porsche 911 RSR. Which one, Shit? The number 911. Patrick Pele just brought it in, handed over to Nick Tandy. There is some red paint at the left front corner of this car, which is corresponding to the sausage curbs at the top of the corner. If he did go over those, he did a lot of damage to the dive planes on the nose, but I'll have to find Patrick and ask him about it. I'm sure he won't be too pleased, but uh, he's always good for a chat. Thank you. He was in fine form last night at uh, Porsche of Monterey down there on Del Monte. Lovely selection of cars there. Very avid and well versed crowd, knowledgeable crowd down there. Thank you to everyone from the dealership for having myself, Patrick and Nick around. The uh, Pink Pig was there as well. Delivery of the Le Mans winning RSR sitting proudly in the showroom. Had a bit of fun down there last night. Some good questions coming through as well. And high praise from both Nick Tandy and from Patrick Pele for this circuit. Nick being away for a year or so, having been on the 919 Evo project. If you were listening to Midweek Motorsport on Wednesday, you'll have heard Nick talking about the Evo version of that car at Brands Hatch and that Evo 919 hybrid will be here in a couple of weeks time for Porsche Rennes Sport Reunion 
Porsche say that will be the last time that it comes out on a racetrack before it goes to the museum in Stuttgart. And Nick talking about some extraordinary numbers at Brands Hatch, 192 miles an hour on the short circuit. So coming out of Clark Curve with the DRS open and accelerating using the full 1200 plus horsepower half as much again in power from the two litre v4 engine by taking away the fuel flow requirements that uh, the aco and the wec applied to that category and then a tweaked hybrid system for over 1200 horsepower 192 miles an hour in the paddock didn't have the uh, tyres that they wanted, the exact Michelin tyres that they wanted for that uh, run but still within a hair's breadth of the fastest time ever seen at Brands Hatch quite an extraordinary run from that car and Nick had uh, yeah, three. I'm, I'm surprised it's not quicker because I, 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 it's got a lot more potency than the car that had the record that has the, it's just extraordinary yeah. thing to see Shaved a bit of weight off it uh, as well, that car. It's got Active Aero with DRS at the back and uh, Active Aero at the front, side skirts. Not dragging the ground side skirts, yeah. but side skirts. A lot of, lot of work put into the aero of that car. Really yeah, impressive. And a very clever electronic braking distribution system as well. They didn't go for the fully electronic gearbox, which apparently was being considered. I don't think they had the time at, uh, at Visac to get that sorted. Uh, let's go down to Shea Adam. You'll see that here in a couple of weeks' time anyway. Let's go down to Shea Adam. Where are you, Shea? I'm down with Patrick Pile. And Patrick, you're going to have to put in a pole position time that makes John stop talking about what Nick did over in Brands Hatch. First off, do I have to go beat anyone up? There was some red paint on the front of your car. Uh, I think I tried to be a bit too close to the to the tires in the in the course crew. I, honestly, I didn't feel anything, but I just told me like, oh, there is a diaplane out, so... You have to try. That's why it's practice. Um, they removed the baguette from uh, FP1 to FP2. What is good or not? Because one of the baguettes went off in the, in the first session. But now, for sure, we try to go a bit more to the limit. But uh, now, anyway, the car was uh, pretty good on this session. Um, we prepared the race. It's always really difficult here, especially for the tires. So that's a key point. How do you guys use your tires less to get ahead of the Fords and the Corvettes and now the BMWs? I mean, I think it's a few things. It's first, uh, the new car is, uh, is less aggressive on the tires, clearly. And, um, and also, it's the way you set up the car. Uh, and also, the way you drive the car, uh, especially on this track, you always have to hold yourself, not over-pushing, because it's quite easy to to overeat the tires and, uh, and get in trouble at the end of the stint. It works pretty good last year, actually. Uh, we are really strong at the end of the stint, so now we will see. I mean, we, we should have many opportunities to, to success on, on this track. I certainly hope so. This is one track where Patrick has never won yet. Yes, exactly, he says in the background. Sure, Adam, uh, down in the pit lane with Patrick Peeler. Somebody who... Uh, has run here in the past, but not for a while. Jonathan Bomarito, used to live just literally across the street here, uh, has set the third fastest time oh, wow. in this session. So a big gain for the Mazda there. That was the car that had the trouble this morning, wasn't yes, it? Yes, indeed. 
and we've now got three cars within 0 0.065 of a second at the front. It's still Colin Brown leads away with that 117.284. Second place is uh, car number 10, that was Jordan Taylor, I think, wasn't it? The, the uh, 117.286. And now Jonathan Bomarito joins them with a 117.349. So really, really close at the front of these seat. Well, <laughs> OK, so it's even closer now because uh, Philippe Albuquerque has jumped all of them with a 117.248. So 117.248, 117.284, 117.286, now for Jonathan Bomarito. So a tenth of a second covering the top four cars. It was a turbo problem on the 55 Mazda this yeah. morning. Uh, and Philippe Albuquerque, remember, hasn't been to this track before. It's just underlying the fact that uh, it's done a bit of sim work. I don't even think that the wheeling cars tested here, or the Action Express team rather have, have tested here. So, obviously, a fast learner is Philippe. Uh, congratulations to him and his wife for the birth of their second child last week. Timed perfectly so that. Uh, he could nip away immediately for a week away at the racetrack. 117.248. That's quicker than this morning, Jeremy, isn't it? It is. This morning's time was... 160, no, 116.8 oh, no. this morning. All right, OK, so we're still 116.882. Half by a second or thereabouts, yeah. four tenths yeah. out. Yeah. Not surprised, mind you. I'm seeing a lot of people now, Jeremy, dropping their tyres off, whether Continental or... Michelin at the exit of turn four in front of us. It's a very flat exit curb here. The first two thirds of it is just plain white, and then the red and white stripes start just before the curb narrows up. And there's just a little bit now of a drop off about a, th a quarter to a halfway down that white paint a bit where people have just been dropping off the exit and taking. A little bit of a liberty. Your problem there, Jeremy, and you, you'll see it when you stand up and have a look out there. It's not the falling off that's the problem. It's when you come back on again and the, the potential damage you can do to the inside sidewall. Absolutely. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with Jeremy and myself here in the IMSA broadcast booth. We are on that uh, short straight between the fourth and fifth corners here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Improvement also for Elio Castroneves last time around, in car number seven. He nips ahead of the number six car, up into fifth position there for Elio Castroneves in car number seven, a 117.393. So we've now got, that's five cars within 0.145 of a second. But, um, yes, one global car and the rest all DPs, DPIs. GTLM this morning's fastest time was a 123.6 by the Ford of Richard Restbrook, kind of a 67. This afternoon a 23.2, so a full second faster by Joey Hand this time at the wheel of the number 66 car. Interesting, isn't it, that while some of the other Actually categories are, are struggling for time, the GT Le Mans or that whilst the prototypes maybe are struggling for time, the GT Le Mans and the GT Daytonas are getting faster at the front yeah. of the field than they were this morning. Yeah. 
but yeah. as we were seeing this morning it seems to be standard operational procedure now for the GT Le Mans cars to build their lap times through the race through the, the race weekends yeah I think you know this because you know, they know that they're all super closely matched there they're, so they yeah they're working on, on a whole bunch of different things but they're primarily looking toward the race and making sure that the car is consistent we've talked about it a lot today that the fact that this track is pretty abrasive on tires the cars there's not a lot of grip here the cars slide around so the tires have to to really work hard they're not kind of glued to the road with it with the downforce or the uh, or the grip that they have on some other racetracks so they want to make sure the car slides as little as possible, minimise the sliding, and and uh, so that's what the team's been working on. Longer runs, making sure everything is good for a, uh, a full stint of a, of a fuel load. So that's why we see the times coming down more and more uh, as the weekend goes on in GTLM. It is the two Fords again out in front, but only by a couple of tenths of a second over two Chevys, Antonio Garcia and Tommy Milner in car numbers three and four. So uh, John will be happy with the uh, number order there, 66, 67, yes. 3 and 4. Also the two BMWs in the order 24 and 25 and two BMW, uh, two Porsches in the order 9, 911 and 912. However, the two BMWs are sandwiching the two Porsches. Correct. Uh, Lawrence Vanzo has improved in the 912 because it was BMW, Porsche, BMW, Porsche oh, yes. at the start of the session in the second half of the GT Le Mans field. So Vanto has squeezed a little more time. I mean, there's nothing in it, Jeremy, is there? We're no. talking fractions right the way through that. Yeah, there's a... Uh, is there a second just on? Yeah. Front to back. Yeah, we'll see whether that stays as it did. Last uh, last time out at, at uh, VIR, yeah, there wasn't much to choose between any of them there. The, uh, BMW taking their first win yeah, with that, the M8. That was, that was my point. It was a great, great run for that team on uh, on race day. Well deserved victory. They uh, pulled out all the stops, pulled it all together, and made no mistakes whatsoever. And came away with a well deserved win. I seem so. to remember that we had what did we have? We had a Ford on pole. We had the fastest lap from a Porsche. We yep. had the win from a BMW and the Corvette leading the championship by the end of the race. So yeah. all four manufacturers with something to smile about. Yeah, as they have now. And that, that win for BMW meant all four manufacturers now has, uh, has won a race this season. And uh, curiously, one, there's only two cars that haven't won a race yet this season in GTLM. And they are placed in the points championships. Uh, eight, not surprisingly. And a little bit more surprisingly, first. first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The uh, the Corvette of Antonio Garcia and Jan Mountain yet to win a race this season, but with a streak now of uh, six podiums in the last six races, that's what's taken them to the top with the Fords, uh, the 66 and 67 car. They've often been ahead. They've, they've had, uh, the, the, the Ford team has had five wins this season to just a singleton win for Chevrolet coming with the other team Oliver Gavin and Tommy Milner but um, but because of that uh, because of the fact that number 66 and 67 car they've had a one of the one of the cars has had a, a good weekend the other one seems to have a bad one and yeah. they seem to alternate that is why the main reason why they're not uh, even better placed in the points than they are coming into the final two races of the season a lot at stake for Jan Magnussen uh, he's only one year since 1999, has he not won a race during a season? That's an extraordinary and, uh, time is ticking away here. Just, just this weekend and Petit Le Mans to go. If he gets to Petit Le Mans and he has to win Petit Le Mans to keep that streak going, I think he'll take that. 
Here's a new fastest time. It's Elio Castroneves who's broken clear of that gaggle wow. of cars all within a tenth of a second. He's down into the 16s. Here's Elio Castroneves in car number 7, 116.980. Still not as quick as we saw this morning, no, though. Still a tenth of a second away from that. But we're inside the final two minutes in this second practice session of the day for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. By the way, can I just mention that Colin Brown's time of the 17.2 that put him on top, he did that on the fifth lap that that car was out. Yeah, that, that, that would have been on a fresh set of tyres. Yeah. So we're taking advantage of that. Plus, early in the sessions before other cars have had an opportunity to, to drag the sand track back yeah, the Exactly track. right. Exactly. That's a pretty good effort from Castro Nevers at this stage. Mm. Uh, 28 laps that car has been, or was out when he did that lap. He's now uh, on his 29th. He's completed his 29th, actually. He's on his 30th. Yeah. So that's pretty good on a track that's getting gradually dustier as we're inside the last minute. Might yeah. be a little more happy, more happy faces, a few more happy faces down at Acura Team Penske. That was a team that yeah. I think was of whom were expected was expected quite a lot this year. And they've had pace at times, not always. The car has been uh, rather sensitive to different types of racetracks, Jeremy. And they've had a couple of all right results, but they, I don't think will be happy down there. No, they've had a couple of miscues as well, I think it has to be uh, said. You know, fair in, point. In, in terms of either pit stops or strategies and just little niggly things and you know because it's so competitive you have to put it all together and normally you would think ac you're accurate uh, well team Penske in particular they are going to put everything together but this isn't your know, first year for this team they just had that one exploratory outing at Petit Le Mans last year with a with a global P2 car I was going to say not with the car, the car that they're, they're running, running right yeah. now yeah so it is a steep learning curve and to have such a strong season right out of the box you know, that, I mean, that is the Penske way, so one shouldn't be surprised by that as a chequered flag comes out. Castro Nevis into the pits, and just at the end there, through goes the second of the Penske cars. Dan Cameron, well, he'll say, well, I'm the first of the Penske cars, and he is, yes. as far as the time's concerned, almost exactly the same time as we saw this morning, a 16.8, uh, and he's now a 10th better than the team car so at the end of pre-practice two it's going to be six from seven from five and that's Acura, Acura and Cadillac. Dan Cameron, Cameron uh, Elio Castroneves and Philippe Albuquerque. So whatever they've done, however they've improved that car through this session, it's worked. Yeah and he's done well to find a clear lap here as well because a lot of cars are on track even at this uh, late stage in the session. So that was a great lap there for Dane Cameron. 116.865. Again, the fastest this morning was a 16.88, I think. 8.82, if I remember rightly. Well, well remembered. Oh, I don't know. We'll find out if we can remember right Yeah, 116.882 by Ringo van der Zender. So this afternoon's time by Dane Cameron is the fastest of the day. Right, very good then. 31 laps completed by that car. The vast majority of cars completing, yeah, that kind of looks like a, at least the average. Nick Tandy did 41 laps in the number 911. Well, both drivers Porsche. were in that car because Pele was in that car yep. as well. So it's not yep. as if they were just pounding round. No, and the other Porsche also did 40 laps. I think that's the most completed by anybody in this session. 
guys at uh, Porsche GT Racing, by their own admission, still say they're, you know, they're still learning that car, but they're feeling a lot more comfortable with the car this year than they were last year when it was brand new to them. And remember last year they were uh, using a compound of tyre from the year before, from the older car, which didn't have the same balance. Not perhaps the most powerful of cars. They've got a, uh, a couple of cylinders fewer than their competition. The flat six rather than the V8s that they are racing against. But it's a car that's extremely good on its tyres. It still has the Porsche 911 grip out of the slower corners. But it's very good in the quick corners. Very good indeed. Perhaps losing a little bit of grunt down the longer straights. But they do make that up elsewhere. And I, I, I just think if this place gets really hot and really slidey, that's Porsche 911 territory for me round here. And they've been good here in the past. Uh, let's see if we can get a word from the pit lane and share. Adam, I know she'll be uh, down at Acura Team Penske. Uh, first and second, six and seven, Dane Cameron and Elio, Elio Castroneves. I was waiting for Elio, but he's up on the uh, pit box having a debrief with Tim Sendrick, still with his helmet on, so I can't interrupt there. So I'll walk down a few pit boxes and see if Dane is out of the six. Normally they do pit stop practice at the end of these sessions, so should be able to grab one of the drivers with no helmet on. And let's see if Dane is still hanging around. could tell you, Shea, that uh, he made that lap, and he's, he's over a tenth better than his teammate, he was almost exactly the same time in the first sector, maybe lost a tenth. Lost a couple of tenths in the second sector, but was a good couple of tenths up in the third sector. So it's the third, the short sector, uh, down the hill to the finish line, where Dane Cameron is the uh, the quicker of the of the Acura Team Penske drivers. Yep, they're not getting out of the car. They're doing the debrief with the helmet on for Dane as well. Uh, who is fastest in GTLM or GTD? Maybe I can hustle down that Joey way. Joey Hand for Ford and Patrick Lindsay, so Jörg Bergmeister Ooh, in GTD. Okay. We've got our chance at Jörg, if I can make my way back down toward their pit box. Okay. So bear with me for a minute. He likes this place as well, in fairness. Yeah, he's won here five times, I want to say. Uh, a yeah, very successful impressive. driver. Just uh, looking at the, the split times there, like you were, and uh, I, th I think if you if you add the all of the split times for Elia Castroneves, there's a 16.3 in that car. Uh, right. So as you were saying, there he's he's quicker than the than the fastest car in this session, but quite considerably in the first and second sectors. Loses out a little bit in in the third, but still there's there's certainly more time there. And you know, at that stage in the session, when these these two cars both set their times right towards the end, there were still a lot of cars out on on the, on the racetrack, so they quite likely had to work his way through a little bit of traffic traffic in that final sector of the lap. Uh, so there we are, free practice two for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. That hour is done and complete, and it's a real return to pace at the front of the field by Acura Team Penske with the six and seven cars ending up uh, a good. Three tenths, nearly four tenths ahead of the field. After one stage, we had the top four separated by just on a tenth of a second. In GT Le Mans, Ford, as they were this morning, although this time it's 66 from 67, it was the opposite way around this morning. Joey Hand from Richard, Richard Westbrook this afternoon. And in GTD, all change from what we saw this morning. Porsche with York Bergmeister for Park Place ahead of Acura. 
for Catherine Legg and Alvaro Parent. And then another championship contender. That's the 33 car, Jerome Blakemolen, uh, with the uh, time for that 33 car, the uh, Mercedes GT4 that he shares with Ben Keating. So plenty to play for. Yeah, and that's off there to Ozzy Negri, who goes fourth fastest in the Ferrari car number 51, making a uh, he and uh, and uh, Piovanelli there just making, you know, just a few outings this season, just kind of uh, tasting the waters perhaps. And uh, that's a very good effort by Oz Negri to go fourth fastest in that very competitive GTD category. And clearly the socks I'm wearing today, which seems to be sort of part place colours. Yes, I'm very impressed with that, Jeremy. <laughs> yes, black, dark grey yes. with the uh, the right, uh, with the little red stripe uh, <laughs> on that. So good news that uh, we didn't have too many problems there. The Mazda that had the issues this morning uh, did get out this afternoon and we did see all 34 cars uh, out this afternoon. Uh, coming up next on our international feed, the uh, it will be Ollie Gavin's long one interview and then we'll replay all of today's sessions for you. That's if you on the international feed away from the circuit. For those of you at the track, don't go too far away because we've got a couple of more practice sessions for you in the late uh, afternoon uh, sunshine. A couple of qualifying sessions, in fact, for Lamborghini uh, Trofeo to come up here. And uh, for those of you uh, outside of the uh, the US or outside of the track, we'll be back with the uh, sessions tomorrow on RS2 IMSA Radio. My thanks to Curry for all her hard work today into the early hours of the morning uh, after midnight in the UK. Uh, for Shea Adam, Jeremy Shaw, I'm John Hindoff. Uh, and for those of you listening on the International Feed, thanks for being with us today. I hope you've enjoyed our coverage live from Trackside at WeatherTech International Raceway. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit radiolamont.com.